Let's go! What is up, Cougar fans? It is 6.24 p.m. Eastern Time, Sunday night. Charleston just took down Virginia Tech to win the 2022 Charleston Classic. What a game. What a tournament. We are reacting to this in live time, basically. This is a live reaction. Anthony Passante, our pal, is just making his way back from TD Arena. We are going to be reacting to this game together. But before he hops on, I just want to say, I mean, obviously, what a huge win for the College of Charleston. What a win for Pat Kelsey. AP poll, maybe collecting votes on Monday? I don't know. Sky's the limit for this team. Um, I don't know what else to say. Berzovich, huge in the second half. Robinson, huge in the second half. Obviously, with the game-winning shot or the go-ahead shot, whatever you want to call it. I don't think anybody had this team going 3-0 and winning the Charleston Classic. I think even the most optimistic fans were hoping for a 2-1 finish, which would have still been the best finish Charleston has ever had in this event, dating back to 2008. You win a multi-team event. You really put your name out there. You put yourself on the map. You're putting yourself out there for the AP voters, for the NCAA selection committee. The Colorado State game, we'll probably talk about this, but I thought that was maybe the biggest win of Coach Kelsey's career at CFC to date. 48 hours later, you one-up it one more time. You beat the ACC tournament champs in your building. You come back from being down eight with eight minutes to go. It seems like it's not going to go Charleston's way, and you just hope they have one running them. It, it ends up being Berzovich hitting two or three threes. I don't know exactly what it was. Robinson doing his bully ball thing. It seemed like every game in this tournament, somebody else stepped up. Ryan Larson collects MVP awards. Very deserving for that. He was the steadiest player on both ends of the court this whole tournament. and We were waiting for a breakout from him. He delivered in such a big way. All I have to say right now in this intro is our city, C-O-U-G-A-R-S. Let's break it all down. All right, Cougar fans, Anthony Passante is here. He just got home. We are just a few minutes removed from the game. We're going to try to wrap our heads around what just happened, but we're both feeling pretty good. I don't know if you have a celebratory beverage, Anthony. I do. There, there we go. We're just going to go straight off the top of the dome. I mean, you were there. Let's start with the atmosphere. You were in TD Arena. What was the vibe like? Yeah, it was it was absolutely awesome. Um, I've been to probably 40 to 50 games in my life there, and by far the best atmosphere. I mean, it was packed full. It almost felt like the NCAA tournament, but not really because there was an NCAA tournament. It's a neutral site game, so there's not there's not like as many fans for each team per se. But like, I'll give Virginia Tech fans credit. There was a bunch of Virginia Tech fans there, and just going back and forth, it was it was awesome. Like it felt like March Madness. Honestly, it was it was such a good feeling. Yeah, that is high praise. I was there for the UNC game last year. That's up there for me. I remember when I was in school, the NIT game that we hosted against Dayton was a pretty live atmosphere. But to hear that that's, I'm just, I'm so happy for the fans who showed out because it's been a while since Charleston won one of these big, you know, power conference games at home. Obviously you made make a lot of new student fans last year with that UNC game, but it was like such a good feeling to send everybody home happy and after, after taking home the hardware. Yeah, I think one of the biggest differences between, like, the Grant era and Kelsey is just, like, Grant was kind of more reserved. And then now we have Kelsey there who's, like, the rah-rah guy. And it's just – it's really brought, like, a different energy to the arena. 
Like I used to go to the games when you know the Grant era, and they, they, we had a good team, but there was just the fan turnout wasn't great, and it's just so nice to see like it's packed, and, and you know, we have the student section rocking. I mean, it just it's it's such a good feeling. Yeah, it's great. It's a great time to be a Cougar fan. He's made it a thing to go up into the student section after every win now, which I love because the students feel that much more engaged when they can like you know physically high five the players and like get hyped with everybody. Yeah. I agree with you. Great time to be a Cougar fan. And I think really, I said this kind of tongue-in-cheek when I tweeted it out, but if you're the AP Top 25 poll, this is a pretty good resume for a Cougar team. And I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves, but like, I don't know how many <laughs> other squads have the resume we do right now. The, the voters are going to skew toward the teams that had the preseason rankings. But yeah, this is just a really, really impressive resume so far. I don't think anybody had us going 3-0 and in this tournament. I think even the most optimistic fans were hoping for 2-1. and Definitely want to beat Davidson, and maybe you can make some noise against Colorado State or South Carolina. 3-0, and man. It just feels really good. All right, let's 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 talk about the game itself. Down eight, late. Berzovich hits back-to-back threes or two threes in a really clutch sequence. But Virginia Tech answers right back. I think they get that lead back up to six or seven, and then it's like the Pat Robinson bully ball, another three or so, and then you go in, time's winding down, it's Cougar ball, they use their final timeout to call up a play, and it's a Pat Robinson iso. Is that where you thought the ball was going? I'll start with that. No, no. So I was talking to my buddy before the play. It was a long break, and we're like, we're trying to like talk about, you know, who, who's getting the ball, and and I think what's so special about this team is that, like, in previous years, there's always that one, like, go-to guy. Like, last year was Meeks yep. or Riller or, you know, Sheely or Brantley. This year, there's literally – there's no single guy who, like, you know is getting the ball. I thought maybe – I was saying Rain Smith for three or – and um, some – I think my buddy was saying Larson should, you know, should take, take like, a DHO pull-up jumper or something – but to go Robinson in the paint was was just awesome. I mean, he's so good in the post. He just takes the smaller guards, and he he's just. I feel like he makes it every time. I don't know what he does. He's got a great left hand, and he's just he's awesome. I mean, I, I thought it was. I don't even know. I, I guess that's the play they drew up, and and credit to Kelsey for drawing it up. I, I would not have guessed that that's where they were going to go with the ball. Yeah, no, I'm with you. There is no go to score, and even. These three games are kind of a microcosm of the season because every game there's been somebody who stepped up. First game against Davidson, it's Bolin and Larson who step up and each chip in 21 points. The second game, you have like Raekwon and Robinson stepping up and really jump-starting the team. And then get this game, Rain Smith doesn't have it. Dalton Bolin doesn't have it. We saw a really good performance from Fi early. And then Robinson and Brzovic just took over in the second half. And now you come away with a, a victory. And it was never, never the same guy. Yeah, I think that's what's so encouraging about these. Like, it's great to win, but like, it's just how we're winning. It, it feels like it's it's like we're gonna be able to maintain that maybe come come tourney, the conference tournament time, or just the conference tour, uh, conference regular season schedule. But it, it's just, I think it's a it's it's a great blueprint to how to win games in college basketball, which is, is super encouraging and it's exciting. And every game's been different. You know, the first that Davidson game's kind of a shootout. Luckily, we're not going to talk about the Richmond game because it'll give us <laughs> PTSD, but that's that's in the past. That's a week ago now. But Davidson comes back. They don't quite get over the hump, and then Charleston, to their credit, makes a big push back. Colorado State game. Colorado State, I think, got within seven, and then CFC kind of cruised. The Colorado State game was also more of a grinded-out style. I should, I should say yeah. that. And then this one, you know, you're down late, 
and you come back, you get defensive stops. I thought the Cougar defense was really, really solid tonight. Virginia Tech was making everything in the second half, it seems. I think they at one point they were 14 for 15 from two in the second half. I think the only miss was the uh, the missed alley-oop dunk. <laughs> so I guess the defense wasn't that good, but it was, it was good when they needed it to be good late. And Jalen Scott, I thought, played great defense. You know, a few guys by the end there were dying on picks. I think I saw Bolin and Brzovich both playing like point defense and like recover for me, but they got the stops late and they pulled it out. I still, I still don't know exactly how they did it. Yeah. I mean, it, it, uh, being at the game, I'll be honest, like at halftime, we were up five and I was like, just me and my buddy were talking about like, we know it's going to be like, it's, we're not obviously not just going to pull away. It literally felt like two minutes into the second half, you turn around, we're down five. I, I, I think it was, we were up 35, 30. And the next thing you know, we're down like 45, 40 or, or something like that. But it, it was just like, I, I got nervous. I was like, this could go one or two ways. We're either we're going to grind it out and come back or they're going to run away. It was just, it was awesome to see them fight it out and duke it out all the way down to the end. It was, it was just a great game. It was like the UNC game earlier this year where yeah. UNC is like, oh yeah, we're in the ACC and you're not. And let's just run away with this thing. Well, I think, like you said, it, it comes down to defense. Like, we know we're going to get points. We know we're going to score. Like, I think this year's team, the, the defense has been has been really good when it, when we needed it to be, and, and that's really where it comes down to. And it kept them afloat when they went through that lull mid to late second half where they couldn't hit anything. I think they went four-plus minutes without scoring, but luckily Virginia Tech isn't able to run away with it. And you're just thinking, you're like, does Charleston just have one more run in them? Like, yeah. you know, offensive rebound, kick out to Rainsmith for a three, and then, or like a three-point play. Can we just get something going? And it ends up being Berzovich hits the two threes, which was the beginning of something. Yeah, I mean, he, he's he's awesome. I, I call him mini Joker. In the beginning of the game, he came down, he, he did that behind-the-back pass for the layup. Uh, and I was just like, that That was awesome. That was so sick. Yeah, like, that was he, so he, sick. <laughs> Like and that and credit to Kelsey just bringing in these guys. Like we saw it last year, we had so many new faces and the team was still really good. But like you see it this year and just every new guy we've got, Robinson, uh, Scott. It's just they're all contributing right away and they're all putting up like big numbers. Not big numbers, but you know, I mean, they're putting in quality minutes basically. I think there's been nine guys who have scored at least ten points in a game so far, which is pretty awesome. And I think Pat Robinson might be our third leading scorer. Which is pretty crazy. Him, him, and Bolin are two of our top three up there with Rain. So those guys are paying dividends. And if you want to go down the, the grad transfer list, Ryan Larson wins MVP of the tournament. He was steady Eddie. It comes, I feel like he's the type of guy like March Madness. You need that kind of guy who's you could just trust with the ball. Um, Something you know, they didn't have last year. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. And, and I don't, I don't think Larson scored. Um, Towards then, I know he, he had a couple a nice pull up two two point jump shot uh, that that we needed, but facilitating and kind of just that confidence that like that calm presence that's what he brought, and it, it was just it's nice to have that. And then I I, I think I was looking at stat CFC they're averaging like uh, I think it's eighty four points per game after tonight or eighty three point eight, and that's on pace to be the most you know the the highest scoring CFC team of all time, which is that's wow. that's awesome like just exciting to see. Yeah, that I guess that's. I shouldn't be surprised by that, but it, that is still surprising. But yeah, everybody up and down the roster contributes. Yeah, no, it, it, again, it just goes that boils down to not having just one guy. It, it's everybody, and it's it's definitely a recipe uh, for wins in college basketball. I 
mentioned him briefly, but I want to spend a little extra time on Babakar Fai. He gets the start in this game. This was the first time we had really seen a shakeup in the starting five. He takes Lampton's spot. Lampton's probably been the, the one guy who's been struggling, especially offensively uh, and picking up yeah. picking up bad fouls. But Fai gets in there, and he was everywhere the first few minutes. I mean, he was cutting. He was defending guys in space. He was running the floor. I mentioned this on Twitter a few days ago. Him being able to make free throws now is also so huge because now he's putting in, instead of a five-point game, he's having like an eight or nine-point game. Or he can be on the floor late because now he's not a liability to miss his free throws. So there's that little extra production, and he's the team's leading rebounder at this point. So I think you got to reward him with a, a starting spot. But yeah, I feel like he's made the biggest leap from last year to this year as far as, like you said, the free throw and just – Last year, he was kind of raw. Like, you could see the the flashes of offense, but this year, he's kind of more refined. And like you said, he took over the beginning of the game, and I thought that was a great move by Kelsey to put him in the starting lineup. Um, I was a little bit surprised, but I, I thought it was a great coaching move, and it, it turned out to pay dividends. So it was, it was really good to see. He was my X factor on the season because if he reaches the ceiling that he can hit, then this goes from, like, a competitive CAA team to, like, what we're kind of seeing now, which is – you know, take down some March Madness quality teams and really maybe become a favorite in the league. Where else? Where do, where do I want to go from here? <laughs> the um, the first half sequence to take this lead uh, to, or to, to build up the lead, I thought this was a huge sequence. You have the Virginia Tech steals the ball, is going the other way. Rainsmith draws a charge. Kind of borderline. Glad we got it. Then Mike Young freaks out, gets a technical. Dalton Bullen hits two free throws. And then Rain Smith hits a three on the next possession. So it was like a seven-point swing, maybe nine-point swing if you think Virginia Tech was going to score on the break. I thought that really set the tone early. That got the crowd into it. And then second half, one thing Charleston really cleaned up was turnovers. Like even though they were a little bit better from the field in the first half, they had 11 turnovers. I think they only had two or three in the second half. So you didn't have those empty possessions, which have contributed to so many lost leads you're actually putting points on the board you're putting pressure on virginia tech's defense and we make i think the first time this season a late charge late in the game to steal one rather than giving something up yeah i think i think going into the game you kind of figured for a way like the, the path for, to victory was cfc build like an early lead like we have just because if we got down i think it could have it could have gone a little sideways kind of quickly so so getting that early momentum and getting the crowd in the game was was so key i mean just being there i mean that sequence you mentioned like the crowd was just like boom and everyone exploded boom everyone exploded so like getting everyone to the game early it, it really i felt like energized the, t- the team and kind of set the tone early the first half we kind of you know they came back i think they they made it like 26 27 then we kind of ended on a little run to, to go up five at the end of the half which was key um and then like you said you mentioned that not turning the ball over. No, I mean, we, we had a lot of like close misses, but at the end of the day, those are good shots. Oh, Ber- Berzovich missed a layup. I think Bolin missed a layup yeah, where he got it, yeah. you know, inside angle on someone. And it's like, man, if we're so close, the, the, it seemed like the, there was a, a few seconds there or a few minutes there where the crowd was just ready to explode if someone would hit a three. And I was like, clank, clank, oh clank. Gosh, and yeah. then finally it's Berzovich who hits. I just looked Berzovich and Robinson in the second half combined for 23 points just in the second half that's that's crazy that's crazy yeah i mean that that was that was it those threes late um it really it really turned it around for us where does pat robinson rank on your favorite cougars right now 
I mean, after tonight, after that shot, he's definitely he's up there. Um, I I just you know what he's like one of those guys like you just look at him and he, he's in the paint. He's just so dang good. I I feel like no guard can defend him. His shot's kind of weird. I don't know if you've noticed that. It's got like he's he, got like a weird. If he if he could shot. just take out the threes, that's my only criticism. <laughs> if he just he never never needs to take one, you know. I mean, they're usually wide open. I'll give him that. So like it's like he, he's taking good shot selection. It's just. Oh, I just I'm looking. I'm like, maybe just stick to posting up the guards in the paint. But he, he's just so good. I mean, it's more of the confidence, like to have that type of confidence. Like, give me the ball, I'll take it in late. I got this. Um, it's just great to have that. You know what I mean? The Brzovic post ups and the Robinson, you know, bully ball. When the team needs a jolt, those guys can do it. And I feel like last year it was like, okay, if nobody's hitting threes. And like Demetrius Underwood isn't hitting free throws, or John Meeks isn't hitting jumpers. Like, we're, we're, what's happening here? We're not. We're we're in a in a rut. We would get those isos with isos with Meeks, and he'll do like a turnaround jumper brick and or whatever. Sometimes make it, but yeah, those those would be frustrating for sure. We kind of had that stretch where like I think Horton missed a three. I think Rain missed one or two threes. Burnham maybe missed one. It's like, we don't need a three. Let's just get something going. And now you can throw it into to Pat Robinson, who, yeah, like you've mentioned, just gets to his left hand at will and bullies guys. Or you put it into Brzovic or Bolin, who can also, you know, play with their backs to the basket and just get you an easy bucket and just, you know, stop the bleeding earlier. Even even Larson, like, he'll, it's surprising his ability to drive and, and to make layups because he's, so, he's a small, pretty small guy, and he's a great, obviously a great shooter, but he's had a few times where he's just made some really good drives and, and was able to finish at the rim, which was, was really surprising and, and great. Awesome. Yeah, and now his, now his three's falling too, and he, he did that in all three games, which we've really needed. Um, anything else from Virginia Tech before we work our way backward and talk about how we got here? No, I'll, I'll just say uh, the atmosphere again was awesome. After the game, you know, the players all came around and they, they you know, they went to the student section and everyone stayed and was, was clapping. It was just such a good feeling um, as a Cougar fan, you know, to just kind of, as far as like, because we don't have, we no longer have the CAA tourney in Charleston anymore. We, we don't really have that like playoff atmosphere um, in the hometown. So it was nice to kind of get that big tourney win in front of the home fans. And it, it really was it was a great experience. I was, I was telling my buddies, top two sports experience as far as wow. in person for myself. Which, yeah, it's it's. I'm a Jets fan, unfortunately, and, and today was pretty rough. So I, at I least was, you I, end the day with good news. Yeah, I mean, I, I was it was at halftime when I saw I saw what happened. It was just like uh, classic Jets. So it's nice to see like one of my teams uh, do something pretty great. So it was, it was it was just a great game and something I'll I'll always remember for sure. Well, I thought the game before this was the biggest win of the Kelsey era. Uh, I mentioned this in the intro, but Colorado State is a top 100 team. You cruise past them by double digits. The other, the others that come to mind as you know biggest wins of the Kelsey era would be the Chattanooga win at Chattanooga last year, especially the way Chattanooga finished the season, or the butt kicking they gave to Hofstra on the first round of the CAA tournament, just because of the postseason ramifications of that. But statistically, I think you could make a case that Colorado State was the biggest win to date, and then you follow it up now with Virginia Tech, which I think even leapfrogs that. Colorado State, they got past South Carolina really easily. South Carolina went 0-3 in this tournament, which I never... There, that was a huge surprise, I'll mention, because I, I was kind of high on South Carolina, but 
I feel like I was actually at their first game when they got just blown out by Colorado State, and it seems like they just they were like demoralized. And I, after that game, I feel like they were ready to go back home. But they're I think they have the talent, but you know that's a side note. But credit to Colorado State to really blow them out in that first game. But yeah, they they were a huge disappointment. I think. Can we say that Charleston's the best team in the state right now? Is that a hot take? I think it's not even a close question yeah. at this point. Yeah. Furman went one and two in this tournament. They disappointed. Clemson lost to South Carolina. I don't think Winthrop or Wofford have anything too great. I will say that 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 side of the bracket seemed a little bit more difficult. Not saying that we didn't have a hard path, yeah. but Furman, Penn State, Virginia Tech, that, that those are all really good teams. And I think that's that's just something to be mentioned. Yeah. Well, Colorado State, they were an at-large team, the NCAA tournament last year. They have a, a bunch of guys back from that team. They are missing. I think they're starting point guard. But we mentioned this a moment ago. This game was much more grinded out than kind of the track meets we've seen so far. Both teams started pretty slow. I think you definitely got some tired legs, this being the second game of a back-to-back. And then Robinson and Horton are kind of the guys who jumpstart things. And we had been waiting on a Raekwon Horton breakout game. I think he had 11 points in this one. But Pat Robinson and he come in, they do what the bench has done all year, which is just like come in and produce. <laughs> One of my notes here was Pat Robinson, no threes, please. I think he was <laughs> two <laughs> two of nine going into that game and he didn't he didn't shoot it great. Just stick to the post up, stick to, to what you're good at. But CFC out-rebounded uh, CSU in this game, which has been a trend this season. W- I mean, what is your take on the offensive rebounding prowess of the Cougs? Because this is something that we saw a little bit last year but I don't know if we've ever seen a Charleston team that can attack the glass this well. Yeah, I think they just have so many good athletes in their in their lineup. And, and the one thing um, Kelsey does, obviously, is just have he's rotating guys in and out and having that energy um, allows everyone who's in the game to go for rebounds. And you see it. I mean, they all are crashing. And, it, and it, I think it's honestly, it might be the biggest difference is the, the ability to get those those second chance points. I mean, you see it in, in the Colorado State game. Like you said, we out-rebound rebounded them unc i mean to out rebound unc i think in the first half we we out rebounded them significantly at least offensively and, and that's just been a recurring theme and i think that's that's a kind of a credit to kelsey's system um just fresh legs uh fresh guys in and out everyone crashing uh it's definitely been a difference for sure yeah and it's such a backbreaker for the defense i feel like we saw it a couple times in the colorado state game offensive rebound kick out to rain smith for a three is just a killer for your morale as a defense and I I feel like that's another momentum shifter Um, someone we haven't talked about much yet was Jalen Scott and he was actually the leading scorer in this game with 12 points if you had asked me after the game who the leading scorer was he probably would have been like my fourth or fifth guy that I would have guessed I would have guessed like oh yeah Larson you know hit a couple big threes he had a stretch where he was really cooking Horton had a good game Uh, But no, it's Jalen Scott who hits some free throws. I think he hit four free throws down the stretch to get to 12 points. What do you think of his game? Yeah, I mean, he he got to the free throw line seven times in that game. And he's just a – he's really under – he's in control. Um, He's he's really good around the rim. He can shoot the ball. He's just another one of those kind of older players who you can kind of lean on down the stretch. I mean, he's a senior. And and like you said, I – but watching the game, I was I would not even have thought he would have been the league scorer. I mean, we had five players who scored over ten points. So I think it yeah. was just kind of goes back into that we don't have one star player. It's it's kind of a team effort, and which which is just it's a it's a great recipe for success. For sure, 
Dalton Bolin goes from 21 points against Davidson to just two points in this one. Rain Smith was a little bit better. I think Rain had 11 points on this one, so he kind of got it going again. But I think really the those momentum plays are the putbacks, the and ones. Brzovic had a really awesome play late where he got an offensive rebound, putback, and one, which really shifted uh, the momentum in this game. Colorado State made their push late, but again, credit to to Charleston for keeping them at arm's length the whole time and not letting them not letting it get under two possessions. I, I feel like it was the first it was the first time we like had a big halftime lead and we actually never let them yeah. come all the way back. Every time they scored, we answered. It was super refreshing to see. It was kind of stress free, um, and I think that. Uh, you mentioned, you know, uh, free throw shooting. We we shot 25 free throws to their nine. So getting to the line was a huge advantage in that game. And we shot 88%, which was which was really good for a team that we kind of had some struggles last season and some uh, struggles at the beginning of the year. So it's really good to see us hit those free throws. And I think that was the difference was the ability to get to the line and knock them down. It's like having a really good kicker in football, I feel like. It's just <laughs> such an asset when you're not a liability and you're like, oh, okay, whatever you foul me, I'll just hit two free throws and we'll keep it moving. Yeah, I think in that game specifically, everyone was hitting the free throws, so that, that was definitely a huge... Scott and Fi hit some clutch ones that made it, like, instead of a six-point game, it was an eight-point game or a ten-point game, which is such a such a difference. Exactly. Pat Kelsey had a good quote in the post-game of this one where he talked about... Jalen Scott, Dalton Bolin, and Pat Robinson have all spent at least multiple years being the guy for their team and being the one who's circled on the scouting report, being the one who has to take the final shot. And he's like, those guys aren't phased at, at the end of games. Like, they've all been through this a million times before. And even Ryan Larson, you know, maybe he wasn't the guy at Wofford, but he's played in so many games. I feel like that's something underrated that we haven't talked about because we know this team had so many close games last year and didn't always go their way this time around they really seem to be closing out a lot better and i think you know a big part of that is these grad transfers who played at a lower level but were the guy and had to take big shots and had to hold on to the ball and not turn it over late they've kind of brought that to the program yeah that's a great point i think we've seen that in almost all the games we've we've kind of seen that uh, reflected um, late in the games, and it's it's been so nice and refreshing to see. Like you said, last year we struggled at the end of game situation, so I'm just hoping that carries forward when we get into conference play and forward. And the last thing I'll say about Colorado State was just the defense. So this is the third straight game. I thought really third of four games uh, looking ahead to Virginia Tech, but just really going against really good coaches like McKillop and Mooney and um, Nico Medved from Colorado State all just like run really good offense and have really creative play calls and just play really smart. And Charleston held up and guys don't get pushed around and guys recover really well and they communicate really well. And they suck the air out of the ball on possessions. And if they get a steal, they're running the other way. But even if they don't, some of the defense was really suffocating at times, which hadn't been the case on some Pat Kelsey teams uh, the last year or so. Um, so I just, I love the, the defensive pressure and intensity. And I think that comes with the, the long bench that they play. Absolutely. I mean, holding, holding in the 64 points that I think anytime we can hold the other team to 64 points, we're going to win a lot more times than lose in that situation. So I think that's, that was definitely key in that game. All right. Well, let's go back to game one, which is none of this happens if you don't beat Davidson in the first round. So really the, the pressure was on in that first game. 
I think you and I are around the same age, so you probably hate Davidson as much as I do because <laughs> <laughs> they have gotten the better of Charleston in this so-called rivalry for many years. I think this is the biggest Davidson win I've ever seen. No, I think I looked back and that was definitely the largest margin of victory. Being at the game, it didn't feel like we were, you know, it was close there for a second. I think with like, you know, 10 minutes left, it was like a three-point game and or 11 minutes left. And, and that just kind of goes to what we said about us closing out games. It was really good, refreshing to see us be able to close out the last 10 minutes of that game and really dominate. I mean, I will I will call myself out. I was very doubtful that <laughs> that they were going <laughs> to hold on. We saw what happened in the Richmond game. I thought Davidson would be a little bit better than Richmond. So when they cut the lead, when they shredded the lead from double digits down to three, I it, it's an emotional game. I was I, I didn't think Charleston was going to pull it out. And credit to them. They really punched back. I think they went on. Davidson cut it to 54-51. They went on a 17-2 run midway through the second half. And then Charleston just flips the script and they go on an 18-2 run of their own to the point where they're throwing the walk-ons in at the end of the game, which I never thought we would see. That I, I will, and to just touch on on Bolin, I mean, he played so well in that game. That was, it was so good to see him kind of come out and have his coming out game. I mean, the crowd was going wild. He was, you know, hyping everyone up, and he, he just played so well. He was hitting everything down the stretch, and it was a great game from. There was a lot of sour grapes on the Davidson message boards about <laughs> Dalton Bolin. I can see it. I can see if you are not a Charleston fan, Dalton Bolin kind of rubbing you the wrong way, you know, especially when he's when he's hitting his head and he's doing his three-point <laughs> celebrations and he's putting it in, in the holster, which is ironic to me because I think Dalton Bolin might be the most Davidson player on our roster, besides yeah. maybe like Brzovich for the international uh, component. But yeah, this was the, the breakout game for him. Really the breakout game for Larson too. I mentioned it earlier. Those guys combined for, they have 21 points a piece. They hit... 10 threes between them and with the tempo we play and the defense being good enough that's that's going to get it done that'll play um ben burnham also had kind of a, a mini breakout in this game he hadn't he hadn't been bad the first three games but i think given you know making the all-rookie team last year and being like a honorable mention for the all ca teams in the preseason i think Burnham probably wasn't playing up to his potential, but then he got it going in this game. I think he had 11 points early, finished with 13 and five rebounds, and then he was solid the the rest of the tournament. Is that? Yeah, I think I think we needed that from him because we hadn't seen it up until that point. And like you said, the rest of the tournament he kind of showed out. Even tonight, he came through clutch with, with a couple big shots at the end there. Um, the other thing I'll mention is Larson. Between Larson and Bolin, we only had one turnover, which out of your guard play, that's that's phenomenal. Throughout, you know, forty-two points in one yep. turnover, uh, that that's definitely a recipe to win, and and that was that was really encouraging to see. I mean, let's see that as a whole, we didn't turn the ball over much, and uh, I think that was key because Davidson just plays such a good offense and such a good system offense that they'll make you pay if you turn the ball over, and we did a good job of keeping the ball and taking good shots and taking care of the ball. The ESPN star watch for this game was Rain Smith versus Foster Lawyer. Uh, Rain Smith <laughs> finishes with <laughs> Rain Smith finishes with two points in 15 minutes. They pulled the UNC strategy where they were like, we are not going to let Rain Smith beat us. They were playing box and one against him, which is mm-hmm. a BS defensive tactic that I think UNCW pulled a couple years ago. Um, just 
totally blanketed him and it opened things up for everybody else just like the unc game where it's like okay well you're not going to bring a double team against a pat, a pat robinson or a brzovich or a you know post up so that's barbecue chicken for us and then the defense on lawyer who went into this game i think is like the a top five score in the ncaa early on in the season he's held to four points jalen scott had the defensive assignment on him mostly foster lawyer picks up two early fouls i think he had to sit early but he never got anything going at all and you kind of cut off the head of the snake like that. And Davidson all of a sudden looked a lot more pedestrian. Uh, you could tell they were frustrated. McKillop picks up a technical, uh, which was hilarious to me. You know, you take out a score of that caliber and the rest of Davidson's roster just couldn't keep up with the firepower, especially when Larson and, and Bowen are hitting threes like that. I mean, the, the biggest difference was shutting down Boyer. I mean, to hold him to four points and two of eight shooting is, is just ridiculous. Since he was a starter, that was the lowest lowest point total of his career in, in any game that he started. Um, even if you look at the next two games in the tournament, he went on to score 18 and 22 points and led his team to victory. So shutting him down was super encouraging. He didn't make a single three-pointer, which um, I got to double check. I don't think he ever in, in any, he only had one other game in his career, two other games in his career where he didn't make a three-pointer. Uh, so to the ability to shut him down. And, and I think that goes, we have so much length on our defense with just different players who can guard one through five. Uh, that was a great coaching move by Kelsey to put Scott on him, and, and Scott did a phenomenal job. And I think that that will having the ability to lock down some smaller guards who can shoot going forward is going to really pay dividends for this team. And it was, it was that was the game plan, and it worked. Seemed like everything was clicking for the Cougs, with the exception of that run that Davidson made. And again, they're a good team; they're going to make a run. Wish it wasn't seventeen to two. Wish it was more like eight or eight or ten to two, but. The offensive rebounding, again, was super solid, especially in the first half. It seemed like Charleston was collecting like over half of all their misses. They had 15 offensive rebounds in the first half alone, 19 for the game, and you shoot well. And, and Davidson's a good team. I feel like we need we, – I don't want to – I love the wins, but the quality of opponents is really, really solid. The Richmond game is a good win. The Chattanooga game is a good win. Charleston's played nothing but NCAA tournament teams all season. And they're yeah, five I mean, and one just, at this point. Just to piggyback, and I mean, Davidson went on to win both their following two games. Beat South Carolina, they beat Old Dominion. They had a big win against Wright State early in the season. It's not a bad team by any means. And super encouraging to see us um, have that ability to to beat these really good teams, you know. Rank us. Do it. Do it, AP poll. Give it, at least receiving votes. We I want to see us at least receiving I mean, votes. Honestly, though, I mean, I I don't see how they don't. I mean, at this point, but we'll see. I guess. Bunch of haters. Bunch of mid-major haters. I, I will say this: I'm a little bit worried about this Kent State game coming up. I don't want to go off Trap topic game? too much. I feel like this is like an emotional. Yeah. Le- Kent State's a really good team. I've had a watch the, a couple of their games this year, and, and they've got uh, some really good players. Sincere Carey, he's he's a great guard, and. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I plan on going to the game, but I'm, I'm a little bit worried that this is going to be a letdown spot for us. I hope I'm wrong. Yeah, I think I think a letdown would be if we had a cupcake game and lost it. Like if you know we were playing Presbyterian or Citadel or North Greenville and lost that one. We've seen <laughs> Cougar teams in the past drop those. Kent State's good. So, I mean, there's no shame in losing to them at home. They're picked to win their conference. But I'm with you. Yeah, the you got to keep the momentum going. And, like, I know it's not going to get easy after this big emotional win, but you got to take care of Kent State at home, and then you're really, you're really looking at a really successful out-of-conference schedule. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, after that, we have a pretty soft schedule. We got the Old Dominion, Citadel, Presbyterian, North Greenville. I mean, we there's a chance if we could win this Kent State game, there's a chance we really, by the time you know, come mid December, there, there's a good chance we are ranked. And I, and I say that with confidence. If this is a big game, this Kent State game, we'll learn a lot about our team if we could if we could win this game. I think it's going to be a really tough game, but I'm excited for it. And at least they're going to get some rest. You know, that game's not until Wednesday. Yeah. Last thing I'm going to say about the tournament and the success of the tournament, no injuries, which is huge. Yeah, I, I think we had that scare with Bolin last game. And, we had the uh, Bolin scare and the Babacar Fi scare yeah. in the Davidson game where he's yeah. grimacing on the bench and then he's like back in the layup line <laughs> at halftime. It's like, <laughs> yeah. I, I thought he had tore his ACL and he's just like, nope, I'm good. And then, yeah, Bolin, I thought he thinking the worst, like he re broke his foot or I guess it was just a cramp because both those guys end up being okay. They're in the starting lineup for the Virginia Tech game. So that's a success in and of itself is getting through Absolutely. that totally healthy. All right, man. Is there anything else we need to cover about this tournament? Not on the tournament. I do want to just kind of touch on the, the conference schedule. What are, what are your expectations? I'm a little bit worried. Um, not worried, but I feel like last year we had we had a really good out-of-conference season, and we kind of, not disappointing, but we didn't kind of live up to the hype, I feel like, a little bit. I'm, I'm really hoping we could, going forward, you know, this isn't just, like, you never want to peak too early, basically, right? So I'm yeah. a little bit tentative. I, I hope we can stay healthy, and, and I have really high expectations for this team. I really do. I think not having a superstar is, is and I say that in, the, in a good way, meaning we have all players who can, who can score and who can, uh, could make the game-winning shot. I, I think that's a huge advantage, and I really have high expectations. So I'm, I'm super excited, and I, I really hope going forward, you know, we can keep it up, honestly. I think the bottom of the CAA really sucks this year. <laughs> I, think, I think maybe like the bottom seven teams or the bottom ten teams. If you're counting, well, you know, we got we got a couple additions this year, which I think those teams are going to really struggle. Stony Brook, yep. Hampton, North Carolina, AT and T, Monmouth was really good last year, but they lost all their players. Yep, I think those teams are going to really struggle. I, I think last year there was a lot of parity in the conference, which made it difficult. Usually is, like yeah. anyone, anyone. But you, I think you're right. This year it's kind of top heavy. We have Towson, Charles Towson bringing back everyone from last year. Pretty much, they're really good. There's a clear top tier, and it's. Charleston, Hofstra, and Towson. And then I think there's a pretty steep drop-off. And then yeah, it's like oh yeah, UNCW and Delaware maybe, and then like another huge drop-off and then everybody else. So I think if 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 the Cougars stay healthy, stay locked in, I could see them I could see them winning a lot of games in a row. You know, if, I think the Towson games, I think there's one early and one late. I know we're playing UNCW twice. I think we only play Hofstra once. I got to double-check. But... I mean, I could see the Cougars, if they have a stretch where they're playing Elon, NCA&T, Hampton, Stony Brook, Monmouth on a road trip, Drexel, Delaware on a road trip, I could see Charleston ripping off wins in that case. The real test is going to be, what can you do against Towson and Hofstra to me? There's some there's some really ugly stat that someone had on Twitter, I think it was Redshirt Jr., where it was like, of the CAA's 10 Division One wins so far, I think Towson, Hofstra, and Charleston had like nine of them. And now that number's just growing and the rest of the conference just keeps crapping the bed. Yeah, I think, like you said, those those top tier teams, fortunately we play Hofstra at home this year. So I think that will be a good game. And then that out at Towson is going to be a tough one. But I mean, hopes are high and I feel good going into that, yeah. that part I'm of the schedule you. for sure. Got to keep it going. But 
Success can be fleeting at the mid-major level. I think we just got to relish this victory today. This is so huge for the program and for Pat Kelsey and the students and the administration. So I'm just hyped. I don't know how much sleep I'm going to get tonight. I'm probably just going to be reading Twitter and like message board comments and the tears of Virginia Tech fans. But this is this is something to savor. And I'm glad you got to be there to uh, to enjoy it. And thanks for coming on the pod to uh, instantly react. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's, it's always great. And um, go Cougars all the way. Go Cougars. Go Cougars.